Welcome to episode 143 of Enhancing the Human Experience. I'm Mark Phillips. I am really glad you tuned in for this episode. We've got another amazing guest. She has been a guest on the podcast before. I think it was last year or maybe the year prior, probably the year prior, time flies. But her name is Tiffany Falby. She's a good friend of mine and I always enjoy having her join me on the podcast. She's, I describe her as a master manifester. I have seen her manifest some amazing things. I know she has some very specific and conscious things that she does to manifest experiences for herself and her family and her and her friends. And I've been able to witness this so many times. So I'm going to try to peel back the layers on some of the mechanics, right? And how she actually does that. I mean, we're in an interesting time right now with the pandemic and the uh, social issues. Uh, I want to say fires are flaring up, right? I mean, it's a, it's an interesting time and there's a lot of change and there's a lot of turbulence in our, in our world. And so I think it's really important as conscious creators to make sure that we're focusing on the experiences we want and focusing on the world we want, who we want to be in that world, what we want to do in that world, how we want to serve each other, right? I think this is an opportunity for us to really get focused and disciplined our thinking and our emotions so that we can create in a more conscious way. And so I thought it was appropriate to invite Tiffany on and talk with her in this episode. I want to invite you, if you are first the first time here listening to the podcast, I want to invite you to subscribe. And I would like you to do that on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash gmarkphillips or on any of your favorite podcast players, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places that you listen to podcasts so that you can stay in the loop. This is a monthly podcast now. We talk about business and lifestyle design. We talk about health and wellness, manifesting, all sorts of fun things that I know will be beneficial to you on your journey. And I try to bring on guests who can help you in their own unique way, you know, their own zone of genius. And Tiffany is one of those guests. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview and have a conversation with Tiffany. Hey, Tip, how are you? Hi, Mark. Doing well. Awesome. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I was excited to talk to you. I know it took us a while to actually connect, but it looks like the stars aligned and it's a rainy day. And so my schedule opened up and so did yours. And here we are. I'm glad. I'm glad because, you know, it's, I mean, when you were on last, it was last year or two years ago, was a very different time. And I know that we've been chatting a little bit about what's going on. And I want to dive deep into manifesting and some of the principles that you've been going back to your foundational uh, tools and practices and share them. But this is, I almost feel it's like a time that people are having to, they're being kind of forced to do the work of the focusing and the controlling what they're putting into their bodies and their minds. I mean, it's, it's kind of making us level up our game. What's your thoughts on the current situation as, as manifesting beings? I think that similar to what we have going on right now politically, we're very divided in those of us who are choosing to do this work in our downtime because it's very uncomfortable to do the work and often we're not being guided. I mean, one of the, the things I love so much about being interviewed by you, honestly, 
is that when you guide me through the process of some of these deeper questions, I'm able to come to some answers that I wouldn't have normally come to without somebody inspiring me to actually think about things in a different way. And I think that the majority of people, I mean, no, majority is the wrong word. Many of us are sitting at home and we're depressed, A, because our lives are very different. We don't handle transition very well. But we're also fearful because we have not been taught how to be uncomfortable with, with uncertainty. So every day is uncertain. We have no idea if, God forbid, our bars are going to close down or if a mask is going to be necessary for us to enter Costco or not. We just don't know what each day is going to bring. And so those of us that are doing the work, you're absolutely 100% correct. Those of us doing the work are spending this downtime, really reflecting on what it is that causes us to feel happy, to feel healthy, to feel seated and grounded in just our lives as we see it. You know, when, when you're unable to go shopping to get things to fulfill that, that itch that you have, which we all know that itch isn't really something external, it's something internal. So right now what we're able to do is we're able to look around and say, how can I be content with this amazing lawn chair that I have in my yard, although it has a little crack or it's not the perfect lawn chair? How can I be content with my lights or my the food that's in my refrigerator? How can I just be okay with that? Or the amount of toilet paper that I have in my cabinet? How can I be okay with that? Knowing that perhaps my neighbor might spare a roll should I need it. That's the thing is that with manifestation, everything that is necessary for you to live the life of your dreams is always right there waiting to be delivered to you. So whether or not you can trust in that, really has an impact on whether or not it's going to come your direction. So I know that if I run out of toilet paper, I know that there's going to be a line of people that say, Hey, Tiff, 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 I got you taken care of. I got a roll. I'm going to call my friend Mark. I'm going to just have him get in his private jet, cruise on (laughs) over to me because I know he would do it. He's that good of a friend. Yeah. See, and, 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 and you've touched on something that I want to unpack a little bit. So, some people don't know, like I know you're a very strong and a very powerful manifester. And like you said, you gave us a little hint and a little clue because you know, what, how do you think you know, and other people don't? I mean, why is it that you know, have you done more practice? Do you have more trust? Have you seen more examples, more evidence? That's a fun question. It's fun for me to reflect on for a second. I think that it's because I have been living my life on the edge of not knowing. So whether that be dating a boy that I, boy, man, whatever, I like to call them boys, because at heart, I think they're all boys. So you could be dating a boy and have no idea where it's going to go, right? You go on your first date, you have no idea if there's going to be a second, a third, a fourth, a wedding ring, a child, you just, a divorce, you just don't have any idea. And there's a lot of people out there that don't put themselves on that edge. For example, being an entrepreneur. You know, just as well as I know, you're always on the edge as an entrepreneur. You do not know what venture is going to come up next. You don't know what rug is going to spontaneously be pulled out from underneath you in the most beautiful way because you get to practice your graceful fall. So mm-hmm. I would say that, that Tiffany has done a lot of practice with the graceful fall. And you might say, well, I don't know if I ever want to practice a graceful fall. Well, I want to do everything with grace. 
And so if I can practice falling gracefully, I'm not so scared of it. I'm not so scared of falling. I'm not, I mean, I've, I've been, I've had experiences. So you've skinned your, you've skinned your <laughs> proverbial knee and you, yes. what you've realized it's not that bad. So you doesn't, doesn't frighten you anymore. Is that kind of. No, more than that. It's not that it's not that bad. It's that I'm, I'm pretty darn good at it. Like I, I can make falling look beautiful. I mean, I've had, <laughs> I've had some experiences in my life that aren't very pretty. And from the outside, people say, you didn't, let's say raising an example, raising children. That's a good example. It's hard work. It's everyday hard work. And there's a lot of things people don't talk about. They just want to talk about how amazing it is, how great it is. And it is all of those things. But there's a lot of work involved that you can make look good. For example, not going out in the evenings because you're doing a bedtime ritual, right? Or sacrificing a, it wouldn't be sacrificing, choosing to raise your kids instead of a career. You can make that look amazing. Like I lived in the, the laps of luxury, right? I would lay out every day. I was golden brown. Whereas someone else could choose to do that and not really have that experience because they're comparing it to something that's not comparable, yeah. right? So, so when we allow ourselves to be out on that edge or that ledge of life, which is what we're all doing right now, we, every single one of us gets to have that opportunity. And what we're getting to see is how people manage that. How yes. are they managing not knowing if there's going to be, I, I did go to Costco this week, just randomly, you know, for booze. Right. <laughs> the essentials. <laughs> but I thought, I thought maybe I'll just take a quick little swipe by since I'm here. Costco is not my favorite spot to hang out. And they were out of all of the paper products, every last one of them. And I found myself saying, that's cool. That's cool. I've got it at home. I'm fine with that. However, many people, they panic in that moment and they're like, oh my gosh, it's not here. What does this mean? There's so many different ways that you could read that. Are we yeah. digressing? Are we back in that fear factor? Should I have been thinking about this now? Should I run somewhere else and buy even more? And, and all of it is obsolete when it comes to getting grounded and comfortable in what's happening in your life in this very present moment. Well, yeah. And, and I, I look at this and I'm, I'm assuming you do too, as an opportunity to get our hands in those resources and we'll be resourceful, trust the universe, you know, almost like a game. Like if someone takes half of your supplies and sends you off in the woods and says, okay, now how can you forage? You know, we're, cause we're spiritual beings. We have this power, right? To manifest these things and change our mindset and change our state of being. It just seems like it's an opportunity for us to do that instead of having everything be just cookie cutter, kind of like how it typically has been, the whole board got tipped upside down and turned upside down. And it's kind of forcing us to dive in and tap into our true powers feels like. Yeah. And it's also on the opposite side of our true powers is our very true fear. So I would say it's, really inspiring us to take a look at where our fear lies. And I'm the first one to raise my hand and say, Hey, when all of this went down, I mean, I have babies and not babies, they're grown babies. They'll always be your babies though. Right. But the very first thing that I thought of is I need to be able to feed them. I need to be able to take care of them. How can I best take care of them? And I went out and did what a lot of the country did. And I made sure that I had enough paper towels and toilet paper and canned soup and tuna fish and all of the stuff that I use to care for my family, right? And what I found was it's 
it's still all there. <laughs> you know what? I think you're not alone. I haven't used any of it. The staples, <laughs> right? Yeah, and the, and the boys are, you know, they're off living their lives and not using any toilet paper, to be honest. So I have more than I've had in probably two decades. <laughs> <laughs> and probably different brands than you used to, right? <laughs> I had, I don't know if you heard this story, but I got to wipe my bum with some uh -huh. lavender scented toilet paper. Where did you get that? Experience. I don't, know. I don't even know where I got it. I just was, I really needed it. because I've I never even heard of it. I didn't start out with the hoarding mentality like everyone did. But then at one point I'm like, oh shoot, maybe I'm just not being smart about this. I yeah. need to roll up my sleeves and play this game. So I go I'm out, it's like one little section. I think it was at Fred Meyer. There's one little section and there's like maybe six packages of this toilet paper. And I'm like, yes, yes. So I get it and I bring it home and it probably took me about four times of going to the bathroom. I'd be going, what's that smell? What's that beautiful smell happening? <laughs> Lavender. I thought, who created this? Who <laughs> created hilarious. this? Oh, yeah. I, I walked by that aisle in the store every time. And I just, I just would stand there and look at it because it was such, it was so weird in the most ab abundant land in the, in the world to see those aisles bare. It was just surreal. It was absolutely surreal, you know, so that's fascinating. But, but it's an example, it's an example of collectively, collectively as a society, how we are afraid. That, that's what you're looking at is fear. Yeah, not looking it's at different. Because we haven't had that need. No, we, that's why I say, that, that, that's why I say there's been, it, it appears, I mean, when you have abundance everywhere you look, I mean, people can order anything, they can get anything they want. But they they don't order. They don't hoard, right? But and that's why it almost seems like, like I some of the people that I follow online, whether they're ex-military people or super high-end, you know, athletes or CEOs, they have a level of disciplined mind and body that it seems like for them, like their routine hasn't changed, their things hasn't changed, and so. But for the rest of us that maybe have been slacking, and I know I have to a degree on the discipline area, I'm talking kind of about the mind and the body. It seems like we were kind of thrown in the deep end and forced to level up our game almost instantaneously. Yeah, I think you're that right. Would, you yeah. Know? yeah. And, right. and, and what that couldn't, can be a good thing, right? I know when I was, you know, I used to ski, my friends that got really good were the ones that their older brothers took them on the black diamonds and said, you got to go down it, right? Whereas me, I'm practicing on the bunny hill. So who would you say is helping these people level up? Well, that's what I kind of want to, one, I think, I think their higher selves is helping them. And I think they, other human beings, they're being, I'm definitely being inspired by the example that, that people who are very disciplined and are very resourceful and are very grounded are, are spreading the message. So kind of other people, but I also think our higher selves are kind of always there with us, you know, to kind of help us guide us and level us up. Well, so guide us through that. So you're, let's talk about your, you know, higher self. Yeah. When you're going through those feelings of fear, of not knowing, of, you know, wondering what tomorrow will bring, how is it, what's your process of tapping into your higher self? How does that work for those that are watching this today? They're like, what, what, the, what is he talking about higher self? Sure, like, sure. I'm on the loudspeaker when I'm yeah. like, sitting there or is it going to come through game of thrones as hbo gives me this free series that i'm just like 
<laughs> inhaling like you know where because right. sometimes i think maybe perhaps i'm having some you know higher consciousness coming Guiding straight you. through that show i don't know but i would like to ask you the question well i mean for, for me you know i go back to meditation and journaling just to build the connection between the spiritual aspect of at least who i am and and draw from that. And the only reason that, you know, I have been doing that for many years on a somewhat semi-consistent basis, but this forces me even more because it seems like it's much more important now. Like they're, the world's in, it's kind of shaken, moving and shaken, right? And so I want to make sure that I'm tapped in as much as I can to that inner wisdom. I've always felt that that's where the real juice comes from. Yeah, I can get inspired by someone else. Yeah, I can have them do that. But my real power comes from that infinite you know, God force or source that's flowing through me. And so I want to make sure that that connection is really well. And like I said, meditation, um, listening to the little voice, like you mentioned, like you opened the, the podcast with this kind of trust and this kind of knowing like a safety net's there for us um, that we can't get hurt too bad, you know, if we, if we stay that, keep that connection. So that's kind of the, some of the things that I do. Um, which have been all the consistence practices. I think it would be helpful for us to explain to whoever, you know, is happening to stumble upon this video because they're meant to watch it. Meditation, so many people aren't familiar with med meditation is, or it seems like something that's very woo-woo, you know, it's like yeah. out there. And, you know, you can obviously Google it. So you can Google meditation, what that means. If you don't know what it means, if you're sitting at home and you're depressed and you're fearful and you're like, I don't even know where to start. Honestly, there's so much out there on online. You can Google or you can go to YouTube and there's guided meditations. And I know when I very first started meditating, it was so helpful for me to have someone that had studied this and was able to walk me through a process while I was in the comfort of my own home, in my sweatpants, without a bra, laying down and just listening to somebody coming through and telling me what to focus on and what to visualize on. And that was a beginning, that was a beginning step for me. So for those of you that are watching, there are a lot of resources out there for you to figure out what meditation means for you in your world. I know that sometimes I do a sound meditation, which means I listen to all the sounds that are happening in my, in my immediate surroundings. So it could be the birds, it could be a fire engine, it could be a police car, it could be yelling or a child playing. But I allow myself to go there because what happens when you go there is now your mental mind chatter is the volume goes way down on that. And essentially that's what meditation is all about is turning the mind chatter off and tapping into your deeper, more essential source of who you are. And so that's one way for everybody to get started with meditation. And then as far as the journaling I would say that everything I just said is applicable there too. A lot of people say journaling, you know, what do you mean? And there, I think there is a right way and a wrong way to journal. There's an infinite ways, right? I mean, yeah, yeah lots of different there, options. I shouldn't say wrong. Wrong is the right, the wrong. Right, way. different option, yeah. There are people that originally thought journaling would be complaining about your life or everything right. not working. These are all the bad things that happened to me today. I'm going to put yeah. them in. Yeah. <laughs> This is right. the terrible state of the world, and I can't believe that anybody yeah. 
vote for so-and-so. Yeah. And I can't believe I spoke to this person. <laughs> they have these political beliefs on this. So, so that is not the best bang for your buck when it comes no. to children. So again, research it. But if, if nothing else comes to you, one of the things that I have found most powerful is what's called stream of consciousness. So you sit there and you're like, I have no idea what to write. And so you write, I have no idea what to write. The sky is full of rain today. And my bird feeder is full of water. And so the birds are not coming. I need to make some more hummingbird food, water for them. And then you just start going and you'd be really surprised at how that process unlocks the, I guess it's like a, a perfectionist thing. You know, we think when we're writing that it has to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And I found that it doesn't have to be perfect. And it's even better when it's not perfect. And if you go back and read it, you'll say, oh, wow, I can't believe I even was able to tap into some of those feelings that I had about maybe this person or about this situation in my life. Maybe it's about my job. Maybe you just choose, I'm going to journal about my job. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to talk about all of the things that I love about my job or you can even journal about the things you don't love about your job, but make sure that on the flip side of that, you talk about what you want. So if you're going right. to say, I think I that's the key. Yeah. I don't want to work nine to five. I don't want to lift heavy boxes all day. I don't want to serve fast food. Okay. Uh -huh. That's great. Got it. Check. Cause what it impresses any way, right? Either way. Yeah. yeah. What do you want? That's what inspires the brain is to sit there and think about what they do want. So if you're sitting at home right now, and you're fearful or you're irritated or you're anxious great what do you want if you don't want to feel anxious what do you want to feel yeah that that's it how i do it too you don't focus feel stressed. on that yeah what do you want to feel and right now one of the biggest things i'm seeing in my coaching practice is that people want to feel connected and covid has it's it's almost been a, a layer that's come in between people and their feeling of, of being connected so we have obviously the layer of the mask, which is the physical layer, but then we also have the layer of, oh my gosh, what if I catch something from you, right? What if I catch something? So there's like this invisible spiritual energetic layer that's, that we put out. I mean, I was hiking a trail when all of this was, you know, very scary. I mean, it's still scary, but, and I found myself holding my breath when I would walk by runners because I felt like the little burst of whatever it was was going to come The COVID bubble, right? Come get me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that fear. Yeah, that fear. And so I think that the, the issue that people are dealing with as far as not feeling connected to one another, I would say, well, how can I feel connected? And that's been the most fun process to be helping people with is there's so many ways to feel connected. There's so many ways to get genuine. I've had some of the best connections I think I've had in 10 years over the time of this COVID with reaching out to people I wouldn't have normally reached out to saying very heartfelt things that I wouldn't have normally said. And it, it, you kind of circle back to living, you know, what if this was your last year to live? What are some things you would like to say? Who yeah. are some you'd like to reach out to? And what better time to do that than when the world is on pause? Mm -hmm. yeah, that, yeah, that's why I say people are re reconnecting and building relationships that they might not have had time to build. Again, right. one of the opportunities that, that exist in this. Um, I wanted to have you chat just a little bit about the stream of consciousness. It sounds like, it sounds kind of like, because I've done that before too, to, with varying 
I guess, degrees of success. I generally do more of like future journaling, like write it how I want it to be. But I've, I know a lot of people do stream of consciousness and I know it's hugely popular. Do you find it almost sounds like a meditative process? Like it seems like it's very relaxing at the end of that process or, or yeah, I find releases. it very relaxing and I, I find that it releases a lot of thoughts that I have that don't fit into my perfectionist paradigm. Mm. <laughs> so it allows, I mean, part of the stream of consciousness, you're not supposed to worry about capitalization or punctuation or any of the rules, right? You're supposed to just let it flow out of you expressed freely as, as you would. And so for people that are a perfectionist, that's sometimes challenging because you're thinking, oh my gosh, I need to put a period at the end of this, or I need to capitalize this. And all of that is what I think really screws us up in life. Mm -hmm. It's like, how important is that? But yes, of course we were taught that when we were in school, but how important is the capital T when you're sitting in your own home journaling? Really, I mean, how important is that? It's not important right. at all. Not in the right, you're going toward a, toward a different end goal, not a grammatic, grammatical correct goal. Well, right? and so when you get to the end game of everything, whether that's um, in business, whether that's in pleasure, no, but there are no rules. You know, people want to teach you sales processes, right? You follow this process and you'll sell a million, you know, copying machines, whatever it is you sell. It's not about that. It's about dropping all of that. It's about connecting with the person that you're talking to in real time. It's about speaking the way that you speak, not the way you think that you should speak. And all of those things are what you come back to when you do stream of consciousness, whether it's something like what you and I are doing right now. There's no rule book to it. There's no notes that we're following. We're just allowing it to flow out. And yeah, it won't be perfect for sure. You're not perfect. I'm for sure not perfect. And so I think that it gives people permission when we first give ourselves permission to live our lives in a stream of consciousness. It gives everyone else permission to do the same. And then that's when some pretty miraculous things happen, whether that be personally or professionally. But you could have somebody come out of the blue because of their response to you. And they might ask you to do something completely random and spontaneous, right? Or they may want to partner with you in a different way than you'd ever thought of. And it's all because you practiced this flow of stream of consciousness without putting all of these barriers to it on how it's supposed to be. And we do that. I, I think that that is so true, right? We kind of get out of our own way and let our, I don't know, our truer self, our more true self, if that's a word, come through. Like you said, speaking your yeah. own way. Well, the most genuine part of us seems to be the part that we're most ashamed of. And I think that's because as children, we're so raw, we're so vulnerable, and we're so loving and, and just perfect. And there's somebody out there that lets us know that's not good enough. Whether that's be the way that we dress, the way that we speak, the way that we laugh, the way that we don't laugh, the way that we talk too loud, not loud enough. I mean, that's really what we do as humans. But children don't do that. No, they, they've got their little quirks, their, their right. little idiosyncrasies that are super attractive and super yes, funny. They're and so it's all, cute. <laughs> yeah, and it's almost like the way I think of childhood it's like everyone's conforming to an idea that no one is right it's like right. everyone's dressing the same way that no one wants to dress and they're, they're talking the same way that no real person ever talks you know well so here's the thing though what if you make your little 
idiosyncrasy, right? That's yours that you've always had since you were a kid. And I'll give you a, a kind of an interesting example. My oldest son, when he was little, he couldn't say, excuse me. And we were, we practiced manners quite a bit in our home. And so he would say, skewy with this cute little- oh, That's thing. hilarious. <laughs> and we still use it to this day. Like if we're in the kitchen, I'll be like, skewy. And we all know exactly what, what I'm saying. No one else would know what I'm saying, but we know what I'm saying. And I think that what if we gave ourselves permission to let skewy be something normal that we used? Because I just love the uniqueness of every individual. Yeah, it's, in, it's endearing. And it's like, oh my gosh, there's a real human being, not some proper, everything's pronounced the right way. It's like a real human being there. Yeah, and and the more unique the human being is, it's just like those rare jewels or diamonds or gems that you would find. Think about this. The more rare and the more unique it is, the more value it has. So mm. of course we're talking price tag here, but it's not necessarily the price tag value. It's the fact that no one else has one is very, very special. So why do we as humans attempt to be the, the carbon copy of the, we're not even attempting to be real diamonds. We're like cubic zirconia. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, right. It's like, a, it's like a fake of a fake, right? Yeah, because we don't even realize our value. We don't have any idea what our value right. is. And you and I both know a lot of mutual people that are pro players that even they don't realize how amazing they are. Right. And because they don't realize how amazing they are, they will file away the edges of their beautiful stone so that they can fit into a society that hopefully will value them. And it has the exact opposite effect of what they would want. And exactly. So it's like, how do you find that though? I guess that's the question for most well, people to find that. It, it almost seems like, you know, going back to childhood, it's like kids are born with that natural innate uniqueness and quirkiness and it. And then it almost gets conditioned out and what for whatever reason, you know, and then, the the game for in my perspective is like finding that again or reconnecting with that and we've talked about this you know reconnecting with your child that you maybe put in a corner or put in a room and said okay you've embarrassed me or you're weird i've got to lock you away so i can conform and be like everyone else but then later in life the magic happens in my experience when you reconnect with that child and go oh I need those, because like you say, that's the differentiating factor. And especially when you're talking about business, to differentiate yourself and be a unique diamond in the world, you've got to go connect with that little child. Okay. G-Mark, what is your unique trait? <laughs> Pressure. That I would be Pressure. able to spot on the playground. I say there, there is G-Mark. I guess he's the only one on the playground that does this. Well... <laughs> this is a lot of pressure for me. I mean, look, uh, let me let me answer that a different way. What I will say is, yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah, yeah. This is hear me out. This will flush it out, and I'm going to come at it from a different angle because you know me. I don't want the spotlight on me too much. <laughs> so, in a, in uh, in a different way, I will say what I enjoy is talking to people, finding out what their experience is. I enjoy being entertaining to people and hopefully making their experience a little better at the end of the day. But that's what I enjoy. So if you want to look at it from the other way, maybe that's my 
special, unique talent. So I'll say, I'll tell you, because I, I am your friend and I have seen you on the playground. And one of the things that I find really unique about you is you are the guy that's always available, right? Everyone's on the playground. And there's some people like Tiff would have been doing like cartwheels. I'm not really available for a tap on the shoulder because I'm showing everyone how to do a cool cartwheel. Right, right? Watch this, right? Watch yeah. this. <laughs> or I'm telling somebody a story about how to change their lives. Literally, I was doing that six years old. All right, this is what you have to do when your mom yells at you, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. <laughs> Gather so around. Mark, Mark's that guy that's always available for the tap on the shoulder. And then he's the guy that you can bring your problems to whatever problems you have. And he systematically charts a course for you, not organically, very methodically in a way that gets you from A to B in a linear and quick way. And so it's one of the things that I, I really do adore about you. And I think it's one of your great attributes as far as being able to help and guide people is you don't fiddle fuck around with everything that's happening on, on the side playground, right? You just go straight to the heart of the matter and you help people together, like jointly come up with the quickest path. And you're so gentle. I don't have the bedside manner that you have at all. So <laughs> that's, why, that's why we learn from each other. You and I, you know, compliment each other in that way. I'm lear I learn from you. Well, yeah. And I, I think it's, it's beautiful that, and it's funny that you didn't mention that, right? That wasn't what you thought of to mention is that you can help people. Let's say, for example, that you knew someone. I recently hung a ton of plants in my house. See, there's one. See that one right there? So let's say that you knew someone that was like, fuck, I really want to have plants around my house. Like I'm super into it. Don't know how to do it. I've struggled. I've tried to do it. Even like this is a metaphor for life. You could come in and you could say, well, the reason that this hasn't happened is because A, B, and C. You don't even get into the crazy spiritual crap of, well, maybe Tiff, that you're resisting having it happen. Maybe you're not prepared to have these beautiful plants in your home. You don't go down that path at all. You just say, well, have you considered this? Or let me do a little bit of research and I'll get back to you and I'll let you know how you can get that done. And you just, you do that in every area of people's lives. And I think that's why people do come to you frequently for your counsel and your guidance in regards to getting to where they want to go. And it doesn't have to be super deep. Sometimes, sometimes the, the act of having your home environment transformed into something that will allow you to soften into it is, I think you maybe undervalue that effect on somebody. Yeah, maybe, and I, I would agree with you. J you know, just to speak a little bit to that, I just kind of get off on like solving problems, and and especially that makes another person either fixes their problem, makes them happier, or whatever. Whether it's a physical thing or an emotional thing, I, I do enjoy that, and I've always enjoyed that. Whatever work I've been doing, I enjoy like serving, and it gives me a purpose. And I, and I've as I go on in life and learn more about what the human experience is, I see that others have touched on that too. One of my favorite quotes, Rabindranath Tagore said, you know, something, something, something. And then he realized service was joy, you know, that famous yeah. quote. So I definitely see that. And it is nice to be needed and valuable for sure. Yeah. It's just interesting how that playground, you know, I, I was the playground on the playground as the teacher 
So I was the one that was coming up to the little Mark saying, Mark, you could help so many more people. Why are you only helping one? Let's have a talk about that. <laughs> so I've always been that girl and people. Yeah, you know that side of it too. And yeah. it, for, in a different zone of genius, right? That's what, I, that's what I see. Right, so I think this quarantine, to kind of wrap everything up and bring it together, I think that while we've been in lockdown, if we can call it that, lockdown, maybe it's a forced meditation. Yeah, no, no, not a negative or a positive right. connotation, just lockdown, it is, yeah. It's kind of like a timeout, you know, you go to daycare and they say it's nap time and you resist it and you definitely don't want to nap it. <laughs> right, but you realize you really want to nap <laughs> Well, there's some force out there much bigger than us that said we are going to have a timeout for people. And we're still in the timeout, you know? Yeah. So for everybody that's still in this time out, use this time to get the most authentic version of you. I mean, one of the things that I realized during this quarantine, and this may not be completely kosher to say on this video, is that I really don't like wearing a bra. Okay, so it's you've- not, It's not yeah. a fun experience for me. I, I don't want to do it. It's really nice. I, I don't know how women wear bra. They seem very freaking uncomfortable. I don't know how you women wear them at all. So. You're preaching to the choir here. They seem like torture. Well, no, but it took this this quarantine for me to really say, oh my gosh, I just went a month without wearing a bra. I'm done. I don't want to. I mean, I'm not saying that for real, obviously. No, I I'm get it. Well, it's like it's like going barefoot. Once you go barefoot and feel the freedom yeah. in your toes and your feet can move in the proper way, it's yeah. ridiculous to put your foot back in a shoe, you know? Right. And so I inspire every single one of your listeners out there to figure out what they want to take with them from this quarantine. What's something that you want to take with you that you've been doing? Maybe it's the cooking. Maybe you want to keep continuing to do that even when you go back to work. Maybe it's you lay down and took a nap every day and you want to find a way to simulate that even when you go back into your work day. And maybe that means you go out to your car for 15, 20 minutes and just do a quick little, you know, rest. Just explore what things that this little time out has given you in regards to finding more peace, more joy, and more comfort, and stay away from the parts that have given you anxiety or fear, because those are just the flip side of the coin of having the most amazing secure experience that you could ever have. So we're always going to have both, you know, in order to ride a roller coaster, you're excited and you're fearful, right? And we start to wonder, well, is that the same emotion? Well, it's very similar, right? We have that similar feeling. So if we decide to invest all of our, our brain capacity on the fear, we're going to think, oh, the roller coaster might break. Or, oh, what if I fall out? Or if the seatbelt doesn't work? Or, oh my gosh, I read an article. I'm notorious. Right. I read <laughs> or you can go, this, this is so exciting. Like, this is such an exciting feeling. I've never been on a roller coaster that does a loop-de-doop. I've never had the experience of being able to put my arms up in the air and just have this thing around my waist and I'm going upside down sideways and everywhere. So what you choose to focus on is going to create that experience for you. So we're all strapped in here. Newsflash. We're all yeah, we're on, we're on the roller coaster, right? You want to be excited about this or do you want to be fearful about it? Because I'm, I'm telling you that you're not going to change the experience, like the whole global experience by deciding to be depressed and fearful and anxious. 
You're also not going to change the whole global experience by deciding to be excited and um, adventurous and peaceful with this. You yeah. are going to change your experience, though. Yeah, it's so true. I, I totally agree. And it just seems like what we whatever you focus, there's potentially, I'll use the word just because it's a, just we kind of have to, negative aspects of this and positive aspects of this. And it's staying in that positive aspect and looking for the opportunities, looking for the fun, looking for the, the, the little gold nuggets along this trail, which there are plenty, like we just talked about. Yeah, you know. I agree. I agree. Awesome. Well, Tiff, thanks for hanging out with me. This has been, uh, I feel like we could dive deeper than this all day long, but I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's a rainy day and it was really fun to be able to connect with you in this way. And Absolutely. And I don't want to forget before we wrap up, I will also include this in the show notes that I've done before, but just for people listening that maybe won't read the show notes, tell them how they can get in touch with you to find out more about your work, your social media, your website, etc. Share that. So you can find me online at soulwhiskeyclub.com or soulwhiskey.com, either or, but I'm the soul whiskey girl. So awesome. I like to feel good by drinking the elixir of the soul. And I like to teach others how to do that. So I'm pretty easy. I'm on Facebook. I'm everywhere. Just soul whiskey or Tiffany Falby. T-I-F-A-N-E. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been super good. Have a good day. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.